folks and welcome to the Kicking Out of Cafe podcast. I'm your host Colin. Thank you very much for joining me again here today. On today's show I have the pleasure of sitting down with the one and only Irish unicorn Amy Alonzi. Now Amy talks to me about a wide range of stuff here today. One of the most important parts though is the fact that she is the number one contender for the ODT Women's Championship and unfortunately due to the pandemic that is currently ongoing that match was cancelled. Amy talks me through all her feelings around that and her prep for that and where she hopes that's going to go in future. We also touch on a lot of her training and she lets us into her personal life a little bit and talks to us about her significant other. All the answers are here today. Amy Alonzi, absolute ray of the light. She will brighten up anybody's day. She is so passionate. Her optimism is second to none. I could only help but smile when speaking to Amy. She is an absolute delight, as I said. Here she is, the one and only. Enjoy. So thanks, everybody, for joining me here today. Um, today, I'm joined by Amy Alonzi. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for joining me here today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, I'm in my kitchen today, absolutely sweltering, just to let everybody know. Uh, the cap is still on because the grill is an absolute mess underneath. Oh, so, look at the roots, look at the roots, the growth. You, you honestly don't know how lucky you have it. Like if, if my only problem was the uh, colour of my hair, like it would be such a better world. I'm, so, I'm in that moment now where my hair is... It's not short enough to like do anything with it. It's just too messy. It's not long <laughs> enough to do anything with it. Like I can't tie it or anything like that. And it's it's just an absolute disaster. <laughs> a disaster. That's the only word that I can use to describe it. So like if you're worried about like your your roots, <laughs> but you can still tie your hair up and sleep at night and you don't have bits of hair coming down all over your yeah. oh, like, just can't like deal. A disaster. <laughs> yeah. Barbara can't open up quick enough. But um, enough about me. So we're here today to talk about you, about your career, um, specifically in. As I kind of cover the basics. I kind of go over a lot of the OTT stuff. I focus on OTT, but we will delve into where else you you kind of work and what other promotions you work for. Um, so if you can just take take me back and let me know, um, like how did you get into wrestling? So my story is a little bit like different from everyone else. So I the first time I like watched wrestling was when I was fifteen, and that was in two thousand fifteen. And everyone like does not believe me when I tell this story. But I was watching wrestling for like four or five months and I was like, Oh my god, like I have like this is it, like this is my call in life, I have to try this. So like fifteen years old I was like looking up for like wrestling skills everywhere and there was five factory in Bray at the time and I live in Dublin 15 like it's the other side of the world Mm -hmm. like about an hour away in traffic and there was no way and then I found Mount Sedge rest in peace (laughs) in Kylemore at the time and that's where I started off. Cool and um so you only started watching wrestling in 2015? Yeah. That's really late to the party so yeah you missed the golden Everything. era, a couple of the golden <laughs> areas of wrestling. You missed the attitude era. The what was the one after that that they called it? The um, 
the ruthless aggression okay. era. Then we got into the, the PG era, and I think that's where it kind of fell off a cliff a bit, um, which is where it obviously <laughs> capitalised. Um, but yeah, so you found you found Mainstage. So tell tell me about that. When how did you get into Mainstage then? Um, so it kind of just starts off the same for most people. Like the first time that I went down, like Joe was a trainer at the time, and he like asked me to watch the first like class because I was definitely like one of the youngest there and especially a girl starting off so young he was kind of a bit like oh like maybe you should watch like you know what you're getting into like this isn't like what you'd be used to but I watched the first class and I was like oh my god like this is it like I need to come back so then whenever the next class was I was there I was ready to go and like Joe kind of showed me how to run the ropes how to like lump all this kind of stuff and that's uh, the rest is history from there but did you enjoy doing it then? Like your first couple of classes, were you were you taken aback at all by anything? Were you was there anything that kind of troubled you? I was a bit more fearless when I started off because I was so young and I probably wasn't like very educated in the world of like injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was safe as houses. Like there was nothing wrong. Like this is the best thing ever. Like full of adrenaline every single time. And um, but after my first class, like I was like in school at the time and like I couldn't walk. Like my legs because obviously like. I wasn't that like fit when I started like most people aren't as fit as they think they are when they start yeah. off wrestling so my legs like it was I was like a baby giraffe trying to walk around the school <laughs> corridor <laughs> that's a good little analogy so um <laughs> so where are you trying to now then I'm training between the two schools now in Dublin so the school of Irish wrestling and Ford factory I spoke to who was I speaking to about this I think I was speaking to to CT about this and I think that's a great thing there's there's no kind of politics in Irish wrestling to an extent um, there is a couple of other things going on with other promotions and stuff but we won't get into that but um, <laughs> let's not <laughs> yeah but in, in relation to like the, the two Dublin promotions and anyway so um, Five Factory and OTT or the skill um, like there's no politics there at all you can go train on both you can work on both shows yeah. like that's a pretty cool dynamic when you hear about some of the the terrible politics in wrestling and people being outcasts because they're even speaking to someone from another school or from another promotion or something like that it's it's just crazy to think um but I was no I won't ask you that I was going to ask you what you prefer but now I won't put you on this I love them both I like have no answer like problem answering that question like each school has completely different things to offer mm-hmm. and like for anyone who's like trying to know school and not going to your school or vice versa whatever mm-hmm. like I just completely recommend stepping outside your comfort zone and just training in both because ever since I tra- started training in both schools and getting different perspectives like I've just become like a completely different performer like it's just completely changed me as a wrestler and it's the one thing I recommend to everybody when they start off wrestling go to everywhere that you possibly can yeah that's that's something that seems to be a bit of a trend when I'm talking to people is like just work everywhere do everything everything um, as much as you can and what did he say pay your dues or in your stripes or whatever <laughs> whatever way you want to put it and um, so take me back then you're you're training how long were you training then before you had your first match so I was training just over a year when I had my first match. So it was in Mainstage Wrestling in 2016, just December, so almost 2017, just the, the end of it there. Mm-hmm. And how do you think it went? Or who was it against, actually? It was against Kazuji, again, rest in peace. <laughs> I loved it. Like, 
I thought I knew everything about wrestling at the time and I think most people kind of are really confident when they debut and then you kind of realise that like it's just a completely different kettle of fish when you get in front of an audience like I just I'll never forget the feeling like the adrenaline was just crazy there's no feeling like being in front of an audience but that first time was just incredible <laughs> and were you were you nervous were you worried about anything were you bag of nerves like well when I kind of look back at it like I've been more nervous since then like okay. I think I was really oblivious when I started off to like everything and then when I first got in front of, in front of an audience it didn't hit me until I was behind the curtain because I was like oh yeah like I'm making my debut today like this is it like I'm gonna be a wrestler just that theater and then I kind of got behind the curtain like my music just hit and I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> You can really see the adrenaline when you come through the curtain as well. You can see your adrenaline pumping. You're you're one of the most excited kind of people <laughs> coming out through the curtain. It's it, like I love it. Um, I don't know how you how you can keep that up every every single time. Um, it's real. It, it's real. Once you love it, like that's it. Like there's no change in it. Like that's amazing. So how how did the first match go then? Um, great for a first match. Like I'm actually pretty proud of it. Like. Because then, kind of afterwards, like I wasn't wrestling as often because contenders wasn't around. Like contenders, the first ever contender show was my second ever match, okay. and there's like a huge gap between like December and then whenever contenders was. Like for like wrestling shows in Ireland, there wasn't that many because mainstay dressing wasn't running. And again, like when I kind of started off, there was like teeny tiny bit of beef with Five Factory mainstay, but like it's just so stupid now. To even even when you think back on it. Yeah. So like we weren't training in school really, but now it's like completely different. And that this is five years ago, like just a completely different country. And then so there was just no really shows other than the, like the kids style kind of camp shows. But like again, I wasn't wrestling on those yet. So to go from like that idea to like being on an OTT show was just I don't know how many people who have done that other than kind of like more than high people like kind of debuted on OTT as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, I didn't know that now. I think May 28, 2017 yeah. was the first contender. So you're saying December to May, so six months there between your yeah. your first and second match. Yeah. And that, that's a huge jump. So obviously the first contenders, you had to attend a seminar as far as I know, a two-day seminar, and they picked the, the kind of the, the cream of the crop coming out of that seminar to, yeah. to go on to the show. Now that's no detriment to anyone else who, who did no the show, but like obviously they have to put draw a line somewhere and obviously you made it over that line. So what <laughs> what was that feeling like then when when your name was called out? I spoke to Frankie about this. Frankie says it was like going to a WWE tryout and they call your name and say that you got signed yeah. by WWE. Was it the same for you? Because you're all sitting in a room and I don't know most people have gotten into this, like it's Paul Tracy and Joe sitting at the top of the room and we're all sitting in a circle. Like, and I was like, I'm not on this show because I'm so new. Like it would be my second match. Like in my head, like I told myself I wasn't on the show. So when he said my name, I was kind of like, like there's not another Amy in this, like me, like really? Couldn't believe it. Because obviously I wanted to be on that show. Like, and I trained really hard to be on that show. Like, but somehow, like, I have a really big issue that I'm just not confident in myself. Like, I've completely changed now. I'm still, I'm a lot more confident in myself. But still, I'm really kind of negative about myself. Mm-hmm. So when my name was called out, I was like, like, could not, like, comprehend that I was on that show. And that match is still one of my favorite matches. Like, it was like, well, for my second match to be on an OTT show, it was just crazy. 
that's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so you were you teamed with Angel Cruz in that match against Justy and Katie. Yeah. Um, so what was it like teaming up with probably one of the best comedy wrestlers to ever come out of this country? Amazing. Like I wish like I had that match now because I feel like I just know so much more about wrestling and I feel like that could be one of the most amazing matches like <laughs> ever. <laughs> I wish I could go back and like do it again. <laughs> so what did um did Angel give you any advice going into that match? Yeah, like he kind of like I think everyone who you wrestle you kind of take something from or who you mm-hmm. like team with you take something from and he was very character based and that's amazing. So like getting to like be out there with so many characters like it was again changing as a wrestler I kind of understood that I can't just be like there in the headlights like I need to have something I kind of got the gears turning in my head mm-hmm. I think you have to leave uh, your inhibitions at the door there when you're you're in a ring when you're in any <laughs> ring but especially when you're in there with the likes of Justy and Angel and like you, anything could happen in a match like that like we, we've seen yeah. a lot of crazy <laughs> happening in the matches so yeah you're kind of that was a, um we had team prick out there as well and then logan bryce interrupted so it's just all the characters all the characters yeah. and i was there i was like 17 i was like i didn't know who i was like amy alonzi was just like a blonde girl and she just had gear on like she didn't she wasn't somebody like mm-hmm. especially back then like there was no substance to me as a wrestler then and i was just nervous one of the best experiences ever, though. As I said, I got the gears turning on my head, like something, something has to click here. And how did the crowd take to you that day? How do you, how, um, how do you feel they took to you? I like to believe that they were behind me. Like the mm-hmm. OT crowd have been behind me since day one, because um, I've always been a runner at the shows. Like if you watch back any of the TV mm-hmm. shows, you see me ringside. Like I'm, I'm there. I'm at all the shows since I started training. So. And I wasn't allowed to go to some of the shows because I was too young. But uh, when I was allowed to go, <laughs> one day, like, Joe just let me in the door and he let me be a runner. Um, but ever since then, you'll see me, like, I was either ringside, catching dives, moving people, or I'd be, like, at the merch table. That's what I'm probably best known for. <laughs> this is something that I haven't really touched on. Now, I did touch on it with Frankie. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about doing the, the kind of the, the crew work more so? Um, like obviously there's a lot to it I think is there I, I don't know if underappreciated is the word I just think there's a lot of people that don't realise how much work you actually do on a daily basis It like I notice a lot because I tend to sit probably closer to the ring so I see a lot of the stuff that yeah. you're doing um, but how, how does that come across for the likes of yourself I know with Frankie he told me that it's not kind of paying his deals for him anymore. It's kind of like he looks at it as he has the best seat in the house for watching some of those amazing shows. Or how how would you say that it's? I loved it. Like, it's not a good thing to say that like I do it forever because obviously I want to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. But like I think like sometimes in wrestling like your role isn't in the ring. But like I know that like I want to be a wrestler. Like this is everything I've done and I've transitioned from being a runner to and a like doing the merch to being in the ring mm-hmm. but I think when you're in that position of being the merch girl or being the runner like you really have to like savor those moments because when you finally make the jump from this is your role to like oh your role is being in the ring now you kind of miss because I'd like communicate with so many different people I get to meet everyone like at the merch stand people would be coming up to me oh Amy how are you this stuff you like like I kind of I'm gonna miss that role of being like a friendly face that everyone knows that shows mm-hmm. to like being like a 
star if you want to say that now but I feel like I still have like a different kind of relationship like with the OTC audience because I feel like I'm not as like daunting to like speak to especially when I'm like like makeup on gear on like I'm Amy Alonzi now like I'm not just a merch girl like I feel like I'm a lot more approachable maybe I don't know if that kind of makes sense most definitely are no 100% that that makes 100% sense I completely get where you're coming from there like you are extremely approachable everyone there knows you and whether yeah. that as I said whether that is from being on the mayor's table or being a runner or just um standing ringside catching dives or whatever um you, you do kind of I think everyone kind of has that where you're kind of taken in as one of our own kind of thing where other people who probably haven't done that role or maybe they were they were a little bit older when OTT started and probably never did that role in OTT they probably don't feel that they're in the same kind of bracket like you get me but um yeah yeah definitely it's different like, it's different like i don't know many promotions there probably is more promotions that have homegrown like they've been there since day one mm-hmm. but i feel like i think callum back has the same connection with the fans yeah. because they'll be like oh i know that face how do i know that face like even if you don't know me like as amy like you don't even know my name but you've seen me there you know my face like i walk out through the curtain people are like I know her and I think that's yeah. a completely different connection than a lot of the wrestlers would have. Yeah, I think it definitely comes across when you do come out for a match then as well. I think like I've 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 been in the crowd and the fans are well and truly behind you in yeah. everything <laughs> that you do there. It's it's great to see. Um but just going and looking at your other matches, is there one kind of standout match that you say that you think you've had what was your pinnacle match, would you would you think? It's really hard to think about that, Nancy, because I've done so much, but I've done so little for where mm-hmm. I am in my career. Like, the, like there's a few, like, moments where I've been like, oh, my God. The first moment was the second defiant, which would have been my first defiant that I was on. Mm-hmm. Like, the atmosphere. Like, again, I was still kind of, like, really new to wrestling, and, like, I wasn't probably the best performer at the time. But the crowd were like thunderous. Like and like when everyone stood up at the end, like I lost the match and people still stood up for me and were clapping for me. Like got backstage and I was literally screaming and jumping around the place. I could not believe it. Because like I've like everyone's been through like trials and tribulations and wrestling and whatever. That was a moment in my head where I was like, Oh my god, this is for me. Like this, like I need to do this forever. And then the closest I got to that was like the match I had with Ginny at the Thirds defiance then um it kind of kicked off like my like like grab for the goal in OTT like that was the moment where I knew I was like oh my gosh like I need to go to the top now yeah absolutely I, I remember that show that was that was a great weekend <laughs> in itself um the day before though you were on the fifth anniversary show yeah well I didn't realize that there was I don't know what what do we call it was it a dark match um, so much. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know but I actually didn't know it was on so I, I was actually out the front and it was only when I heard um I, I can't remember what happened I heard a bit of stuff going on inside and like the queues for the merch and stuff was like 20 people deep and it was so hard to even get in the door that I completely missed that match um but like did obviously like we say that it was a pre-show match did you think of it as a pre-show match did you think of no, it as this, no this is way. like this is the stadium like that was my national stadium debut I'll never forget that because I made my entrance and it was it was not full but it wasn't empty but there was empty seats mm-hmm. because I think it, it was sold out but people were like 
getting drinks, like yeah. doing whatever they were doing, and they didn't even know the match was on. And there was a moment where I hit a move and I like banged the ropes and I look up and then like it was kind of full. That was another moment for me where like my heart was like, oh my god, I love wrestling. Like this is what I'm in it for. Like, like because it was gone from like not empty but like not full to like yeah. everyone was in their seats. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, I was, I was devastated. I missed that match because um, like I follow uh Vader Scott on social media and stuff, and I really wanted to see her wrestle as well. Like that's nothing against the likes of you and Aiden and Captain who else were in that match, but yeah, like yeah. I had never <laughs> seen Vader wrestle, and because I follow her on social media and I missed it, and I was like, oh no, I can't believe I actually missed that. Like, yeah. but I uh, had to go back and watch it again. But uh, yeah, the following day you you wrestled Ginny one on one, um, which is again like Ginny is huge on the scene, um, yeah. NXT UK star, um. So, like, going into that match, did that have a different feel then, obviously, from the day before? The whole weekend, I was petrified. Like, I cannot even put into words, like, how petrified I was. But I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just because I care so much about wrestling. Like, I want it to be amazing and I want it to be perfect. Like, and this is kind of my moment to prove myself to a lot of fans. Because, like, I've been on and off and on and off on OTT. I was ready. I'm not ready. I thought I was ready and I wasn't ready just so many situations where like I should have been better and this is my weekend to kind of like redeem myself to the fans and especially myself like that was the weekend to kind of prove to myself like I can go now and I like like to think that I did that like that was the weekend where I got a lot of my confidence so was um was Trinity ball around brawl around that time as well was that around that, that was, was that July? was a bit before that wasn't it July or August yeah I think it was August so this is something that I wanted to ask you. So there was a different <laughs> type of Amy Alonzi on that show. Um, now, obviously, it was all in Jay Money's head. But it was a dream. <laughs> yeah, it was a dream. Um, but do you think that we'll see that Amy come out in OTT at all? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I don't know how to explain like being in that match. Because I think it was like my second time being the bad guy or whatever mm-hmm. like the adrenaline oh my god like when people were like booing me like I was like yeah do it more I love this I like, keep going this is amazing <laughs> I couldn't believe it like when I got backstage I was like my hands were shaking I was like the power the power that I hold <laughs> <laughs> was that your first time being a heel no it, like you know like the wrestling.e shows like they're more yeah. kids style kind mm-hmm. of friendly shows but this is my first time like getting a microphone and calling everyone pussy bitches so <laughs> <laughs> I think um I think Twitter blew up that night um no I, w- I wasn't at the show um I wasn't actually here I think I was down the country but I wasn't at the show but I have watched it and I, I remember that night and I was following stuff on Twitter and I seen Twitter just absolutely blown up I can't believe Amy Alonzi's gone hill. I can't believe Amy's coursing here at this show and stuff and like everyone was just like oh my god where's good Amy gone <laughs> Um, I just that was absolutely amazing. I wrestled yeah. over in Glasgow and I had people coming over to me and they're like, "Why were you caught like calling people pussy bitch? Like, what, what was, like, what was going on there?" I was like, "It was a dream. Someone got knocked out. I was living in their head. I don't even know. I like, stop. Just don't go there." <laughs> so you spoke about Glasgow there. So what? Um, just tell me about the other promotions that that you work for. Yeah, so I've wrestled for a first female, but I'm like a regular there. Like, I go over for the majority of their shows, and I'm mm-hmm. not 
anywhere else. And then I wrestled for Source as well. Like I was just about to break into like the UK scene. Like I had a handful of dates there, and I was like, I had a couple of dates like in like other countries in Europe. I'm really mm-hmm. bad at geography, so I'm not even gonna start to try and say their names. Like, I'm need to get really, yourself really a Apologize. I need I need like an atlas or something. I'm awful. <laughs> had a lot of dates coming up and I was really excited and then obviously yeah. quarantine happened and mm-hmm. but look those dates will come back to me like next year hopefully and then I'll start to break in yeah hopefully um so like how do you feel about traveling for wrestling is, is that something that was kind of on your agenda like early on were you thinking about that I never thought I do it because ever since I started, I was so negative and I didn't think I was a good wrestler and like and I didn't think this was for me. Like, I just I was in a really bad negative headspace and it. I think a lot of wrestlers are in that. Mm-hmm. Like I think we're told like not to be cocky, this that the other. So like you go from like one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum, like completely hating yourself. There's no middle ground between like oh yeah I'm confident like I've room to improve or, like this that no there's you're either too cocky or you're, like you hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> But like I was always in that like negative headspace, and then after defiance, I, I opened my Twitter and I was like, "What fierce fe- like fierce females want me to come over like, and like Katie Harvey and I think Debbie Kaitel were over. I can't remember if Valkyrie wrestled on it before. I think she did. But I, co- I couldn't believe it because I was still so new. And but they were the kind of first promotion to kind of really give me a shot like abroad to kind of be like, "Yeah, we want you over here. Like come over. Like show us what you can do." And I wrestled Katie Harvey on my first show over there, and it was so much fun <laughs> that's pretty cool it, it, someone that you knew as well um obviously to to break it into that kind of scene probably made things a little bit easier didn't it? we all went over it was amazing like mm. so it was me kate harvey debbie valkyrie even raven creed came over as well so there was like all most of the irish girls were over there it was amazing to break in with so many different girls oh, that's pretty cool <laughs> um so they're, they're the other promotions that you've worked for which they're pretty cool um, and traveling obviously has a huge part in the scene. But this is something that I've been asking people. Um, do you think that the Irish and UK scene, do you think you could make a living out of just working the Irish and UK scene at the moment? Like it used to always be a case that everyone was kind of looking at, oh, I have to go to Japan or I have to go to the States where now it's becoming a thing where in, in my view that it looks like you can actually deal with here that you don't need to go to those places I think it's very doable but it's very hard like anyone who's doing it like you just have to commend them and like pat mm-hmm. on the back huge pat on the back like it is doable but it's really hard like a lot of people will be wrestling like four or five times a week like it's really hard yeah. in your body like alone like never alone like mentally like having to travel to so many different places but like again if you love it like it's definitely definitely doable and it's 100% something that I want to do like what like wherever like wrestling manages to take me like I don't know where it's going to take me I could be anywhere or I could be not doing it anymore like anything could happen in the next year or whatever but like it's definitely definitely like a goal of mine to like wrestling to be my main source of income cool. and do you have another job at the moment are you working another job or is wrestling your I'm kind of everywhere like I work part-time like and jobs don't really like the fact that I'm a wrestler so I'm in and out of jobs because they're like what you want every weekend off like yeah. no I don't think so like so I've been in and out of jobs 
yeah, I think that's the common trend as well. I think wrestlers are very lucky if they can get themselves a, a nine to five Monday to Friday so that they can free up the time. Like I work shift work myself and I can't even get a nine to five Monday to Friday, you know. Um but it obviously wrestling is what you want to do full time. Yeah. So if you could exactly. leave it all behind and go completely full time. And is there anywhere like do you have your sights set on on kind of anywhere or any place to kind of go to? Not even promotions, but even like places in the world that you'd like to go to to train like I'm willing to go anywhere like I feel like people have their sights set on a certain place and that's amazing but like I'm in a situation there where I'm like I don't know where I'm gonna go I don't know what I'm gonna be doing and like because even if I compare myself to last year like this time last year I was like wrestling maybe once a month once every second month and all of a sudden I'm like the number one contender for the OST title anything can happen in wrestling you just have to be ready like mentally and physically to go and do anything so we're like wherever rest is going to take me i'm ready to go <laughs> so you meant you mentioned that you're the number one contender and that's a that's something that's amazing in one hand but then was a bit disappointing obviously with what actually happened because you were set to to fight for the title at um scrapper mania yes. and obviously scrapper got cancelled um that's a bit of a hit, I'm presuming. Can you tell me how, how you kind of felt when you got that that kind of news? Um, it was like, I'm not, I don't want to say bittersweet because I wasn't happy that it was cancelled. Like It was mm-hmm. devastating that it was cancelled, but the nerves coming up to that show, I've never felt so nervous for a show. Like Because I was training, like I was going to work, I was going to training, and then I was going to the gym, and then I was going home, and I was doing that every day just so I'd be ready, like, I like because I didn't want, like, my body to, like, fail me or whatever, like, I wanted to have good, like, cardio, I wanted to be, like, whatever that show was going to bring me, I wanted to be ready, like, this, like, I don't know how to, like, put into words, like, the stress that I was under, but, like, of course, I was looking forward to it, like, because, like, I'm being honest when I say this in wrestling, like, the OTT Women's Championship has been everything that I've set my sights on, like, anything could happen to me, I could win any other title in the world, but like this one just means the most to me personally in my opinion like it's mm-hmm. it's the title that I want to hold like I could go anywhere in the world and win any single title but the OTT Women's Championship is just everything to me and it's the most important one to me so like of course I was looking forward to it but I was petrified <laughs> so when it was cancelled I was I was heartbroken like I, I did cry like a lot but I was kind of like okay so the next time this comes around now I'm not going to be hating myself for the week coming up to it. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be confident. And I know that this is where I'm meant to be. So the next time it comes around, like, Sammy Jane just needs to be ready because I'm just going to be a completely different person mentally. And that's, like, the biggest battle of them all. Um, you put up a picture on, um, was it on Instagram or on Twitter? I can't remember where I've seen it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a bit of a, a, a war-beaten uh, Amy Alonzi. Um, <laughs> I think that, that picture spoke a thousand words I looked at that and I was kind of like this girl's ready to go she's she's ready for war here is that the message that you were trying to put across with that picture yeah I wasn't sure whether to put it up for a while because it's kind of like I don't know if this is what I want to portray because mm-hmm. up until now I've kind of been like oh my god like I'm in the landing like unicorns whoa like but that is me like and I think that's like I want to like tell this, the world that like it's all right to be happy, go lucky, and it's all right to be dancing and flossing this, that, glitter, but when it's go time, it's go time. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was what I was going to prove at the National Stadium, that I'm not just, like, 
this girl is going to get into doing a blast. Like I was ready to go and I was ready to win that championship. Oh, when <laughs> telling you when Scrapper Mania comes around again, I'm ready. I'm so, so ready to prove the world. Well, we have a date set. Now, obviously, things are up in the air and we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. But there's a date set for Halloween 2020, 31st of October in the National Stadium at the sixth year anniversary. Is your site set on the sixth year anniversary for that title show? Anything could happen. If you can guess Sammy Jane over, that's it. Like, I want the title and I'm going to keep it here. I'm going to bring it home and it's going to be your title. Gonna stay in Dublin. <laughs> I think the fans are well and truly behind you. A lot of people, from what I saw as well, um, although, like, don't get me wrong, like, Star and Moxley was huge. Like, absolutely, to get Moxley over in itself is just huge. But the outpouring, uh, of, stuff, <laughs> the outpouring of stuff that I saw, that the amount of people who were saying that they were so disappointed that Amy wasn't going to get her shot, that Amy wasn't getting her match with Sammy, and it, like, the, the people out there behind you, they, they want this match, probably not as much as you do, because your passion, <laughs> your passion there was, is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, we're, we're well and truly behind, behind you um, with that title shot, and like, hopefully it does come soon. I couldn't believe it because like I came from a situation where I was like oh like maybe I'm not like the most important match in the card like again my brain like I think it's really important to like address this like that like a lot of wrestlers like think about this about themselves and like maybe mm-hmm. I'll be the one to be like hey like sometimes we like don't like ourselves in wrestling and it's okay but like to go from being like oh like this match obviously meant everything to me but I was yeah. kind of like oh like maybe it won't mean that much to everyone else and when it was cancelled like tweets just flew in flew in and I just like I was really taken aback by how much support. Like, I, I don't even know how to repay everyone. Like, I was just so thankful that, like, the amount of support that I received. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to kind of get across with earlier when I was speaking about your um your pre-show match at Scrapper. Was it, sorry, was it the fifth anniversary? Or was it Scrapper? Fifth anniversary? I'm Half really bad yeah. So yeah, nice. I know. I'm the same. I've been to so many now. The fifth anniversary, um, your your pre-show match. Like, I think that's that's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you're first on the card or you're last on the card. Like, if you're wrestling in the national stadium in front of twenty two hundred fans, your match is important. Yeah. Regardless of where it is on the card, and for any if there's any wrestlers even watching this or listening to this, and they do have those kind of doubts, don't. Us fans think that your match is important regardless. As I said, if it's first on the card or last on the card, there's no most important match. They're all important matches. And we, yeah. we're there for all of them. Um, so, yeah, I can understand that you do have those feelings in yourself, but you don't need to have those feelings. We're, <laughs> we're there for it. Um, so one thing that I want to ask you, is there any kind of advice now looking back is there any kind of advice that you would give yourself stepping into the wrestling business? If you could talk to your younger self now getting into it, is there any kind of advice that you give yourself that you didn't know then? I'd just say train everywhere and just be confident in yourself. Because now, like, I like to think that I'm quite confident. But, of course, everyone has bids. So and no matter what they do in the world, like, you could be, like, the biggest star in the world. But, of course, you're going to doubt yourself. Being mean, the most important thing in wrestling is to have confidence in yourself. Because the second that I got confidence in myself, like, I just became a different performer. Like, and I think you can kind of tell, like, over the last year, I've just been, 
a completely different wrestler and I'm really proud of that and then obviously train everywhere so listen to everybody like and bad experiences you learn from just as much as you learn from good experiences and I think a lot of people don't kind of realize that like if you're in a bad situation you can kind of look at it and be like okay this is bad but I've like learned from it like I'm like a better human being now like that's like leaps and bounds above what you get from just having one good match like like 10 bad matches you learn from more than just one good match and just be confident and train everywhere young Amy listen to me <laughs> extremely good advice um, <laughs> so can we talk about your your influences is there anything that that kind of influences you or any kind of person or thing or anything that you hold there that kind of spurs you on to to go where you need to go in wrestling I think it's like the very common answer but of course like Becky Lynch mm-hmm. always since day one like her NXT days like when she was still doing that Irish dancing gimmick like I like ate it up I loved it and like because obviously I was 15 at the time so of course I was on like Twitter and stuff like following everything and like being on Twitter like because I was 15 and like I didn't know any better but like when she debuted on Raw I was like she's from Dublin like (laughs) Joe and like so many people trained her and she's like she's there like she's on television now and like and if I could tell myself she'd be like oh she'd made about WrestleMania she'd be like she'd be the first like women Smackdown champion like so many things she's done since then like she held both Raw and Smackdown like what like she's from Dublin like she trained like she's from Ireland she's from basically around the corner and she's done all this like that's so so inspiring and especially for 15 year old me because like I was so like down and in on myself and like I was like, if she can do it, like, I mean, one of us can do it. And it's so inspiring and forever thankful. I even got to, like, meet her at a training session before. And I just, I told her all this. And she was in tears and I was in tears. And it was like, we, like, hooked each other. And it was the best moment ever. And that, again, another moment where, like, like something clicked in my head. I was like, this is what I'm here for. That's that's amazing. I, I love those little stories. I love the stories where... You actually get to meet these people. A lot of people say don't meet your idols because, like, you'll just be disappointed. But like, I've met a couple of mine, and I haven't been. No. And it sounds like you weren't either with with Becky. Um, she's an absolute class act. I didn't. I never met her myself, but from what I've seen of her, she's absolutely class. She's an angel, like an angel. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said, like that, you saw Becky on WWE, and did was did the penny kind of drop with you then, like? Like obviously, like it's a huge stage, and you did kind of say it there as well. But like, did you, were you thinking like, she's after doing it? I can go. I can go do this now. The the door is there. Was it something that you, you kind of didn't think about before that even? Like, I I don't know what clicked in my head where I was like, oh my god, like I need to do this. But like, I didn't even know there was Irish wrestling at the time. Mm-hmm. I was so oblivious because like whatever's on the telly I was watching so I was staying up for Raw and I was staying up for Smackdown like and then I was going to school like then after like three hours of like broken sleep yeah and I didn't I hadn't a clue had not a clue that there was Irish wrestling and the second that I found like Irish wrestling I was like oh wow like it's here like it's on my doorstep like and I just threw everything at it so we spoke about Becky but OTT actually manages to attract a lot of big names in the industry, very big names. And we already spoke that you've, you've been in the ring with a couple of them as well. Um, well, have you ever been starstruck by anyone? <laughs> I have an amazing story for this and I don't think I've actually got to tell this yet. So I was, 
the Stardust fan. Like, Stardust fan, you would think of me. Loved Stardust. All of a sudden, Cody Rouse was at OTT. And I don't, like, I don't know if it was, like, a test from Joe, but I was, like, the person who kind of, like, looked after him all day. Like, it was the most amazing experience ever. Like, he is such a lovely person. And I got to, like, be around him all day. It was, like, I could not believe. Because even then, like, I don't think I was resting that often. Like, I was mostly, like, a runner and merch girl. Like, and I was really, like, responsible at ring crew. So Joe was like, oh, yeah, can you, like, make sure he's looked after for the whole day? sold all of his t-shirts like did everything for him like and they like i don't even know how to tell you like how amazing my experience was (laughs) like obviously he's gone on and done so much more since then but like just that little experience and then there's another one like dean ambrose is the reason that i got into wrestling like Mm -hmm. i i was watching a pay-per-view online once on youtube and i was kind of like oh this is mad like i haven't seen this since i was like a kid like whatever, like I didn't have any interest in wrestling, but the television blew up in his face, and I was like, "Oh, oh, what, what am I watching? This is amazing!" And that was the moment where I just started watching wrestling, and I loved Dean Ambrose. And then I was gonna have a title shot while he was on the same show as me for like the most important championship ever. Like I just like my little brain couldn't comprehend how everything came full circle that day. Of course it didn't happen but it was just the fact that it was gonna happen it's crazy and have you have you met him before no no so nope. that was that was a bit of a kick then when that show got cancelled I'm, I'm hoping he'll come back over like because obviously like he seems very like interested in coming over it's obviously mm-hmm. very hard to get him and stuff but like I hope one day maybe I can meet him and be like hey like, thanks for the huge influence like and yeah. maybe I'll win my championship on the same show that he's won him last. <laughs> well, Joe, we, we spoke about this on the show, uh, on previous shows. Joe has a lot of connections in the business. And I'm sure a draw like John Moxley, as he's going as now, um, I'm sure like it's been there before. He's had a book before. I'm sure Joe can, can get that sorted. When, when it's going to happen, we don't know. But like, like we could probably guarantee that Joe's going to get him back over again. Like. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, and hopefully they'll get to meet him. Um, so when you have been kind of on the shows with, with these kind of, again, we, we talk about these these huge stars in the industry. Um, have you ever sought any advice from any of them? Um, I, like, yeah, like, I think it is a good thing to like, pick a lot of your brains. But on show days, it's very hard to like yeah. come up and speak to somebody because it's just hectic. Yeah. Like, I wish I could explain, like, especially OTT days, like, it's just mayhem, like, all the time. And you don't want to kind of, like, because if they're putting their gear on or they're, go- like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, thinking about, yeah. like, the way they're going to wrestle that day, like, you kind of just want to leave them alone kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of, like, really bad advice, but I just find that it's easier to kind of pick the brain of the people that you are wrestling. Yeah. But obviously, it's really good to go and pick the brain of, like, people who are, like, really important on the show. I just think, like, shows are bedlam a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is seen that does seem to be the kind of trend that does come across show days are probably the wrong time to do it um, and yeah. because like you just don't have the time or they don't have the time but um it seems to be that like the, the people who you're working with and if you have five minutes that like they're they're the times to kind of to kind of get that advice off them and obviously like you've traveled with a lot of with a lot of these bigger stars as well like even even looking at the nxt uk scene um like 
you've worked with a lot of these people. Um, is there any kind of advice that you that you've received from any of them that kind of sticks with you at all? Um, I think a really good like example of that is I don't know if you know the wrestler Evelise. She I've wrestled for Lucha yeah, Underground. I've never seen her yet. I spent like three days with her at one of the weekends that I did. So I wrestled two days for Source and then I did the first females on the Sunday and we stayed in the same hotel room. Like, and she was a huge star to me. And she still is. She's amazing. Like, she, but like just like you know when you're like in a hotel room and it's like late like late night chat. Like it's like having a sleepover with someone basically. And you know when it gets to like two a.m. and you're like talking about life and all of this stuff. Like I just learned so much from her. Cause she's been through so much in the business and that was another weekend where I was kind of like I need to have confidence in myself and I need to believe in myself because she is very confident and she like believes in herself and she's done so much and that was a huge example for me that I was like confidence is everything in this business because she's amazing and like she's confident in herself and look where it's gotten her like it's amazing to think about that so we step away from wrestling for a second Okay. <laughs> um, so I just want to ask you about just get into your personal life a little bit if you don't mind um, no, like good. not not too deep obviously but, uh, <laughs> um, so do you have any other hobbies outside of wrestling obviously you said that like you like fitness as well as another thing but apart from kind of like fitness and wrestling the things that go hand in hand with training is there anything else apart from that that, that you're kind of into what what else do you do um, I love music like if mm. I wasn't going to be a wrestler I'd want to be a singer or some sort of musician like that's what I wanted to do from the time I was like two <laughs> like I thought I was going to be a singer but somehow I ended up as a wrestler so <laughs> but like if I'm not watching wrestling if I'm not training like I'm listening to music or I'm playing my guitar I'm playing the ukulele something like I'm doing something to do with music like, that's everything to me okay this is news to me so do you put these up on Instagram no I wish like Why? I was I'm really I don't know like I think I was I'm going to say YouTube channel over quarantine and I'm going to become YouTube famous and be a famous singer but like it just never happened like it's just one of those things maybe I don't know who knows one day <laughs> yeah like I'm very intrigued in this like I, I'm into me music as well I like sing to myself um, ah. um I play a little Better bit of guitar <laughs> and I've, I've put a couple of videos up on me personal Instagram that I don't advertise on here so if you can go and find it go and find it there you go plug um, plug plug <laughs> The only one that I'm plugging is the one that's down there below the screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I, I mustered up a bit of courage to, to throw up a couple of videos. Now, as I said, that like I think I, one of my mates was asking me, I literally just put up the guitar. So like it's just showing the guitar and like you can hear me singing. But um, he's like, why didn't you like put up the whole thing of you? And I go like... I don't want to be a bit vulgar here, but I said like when I sing, like did you ever see the commitments? No. Like, oh, what, Amy? I know. Get this shit together, will you? Like, anyway, does it? Does it? The lead singer on that he pulls these faces, um, when he's singing, and I I call them sex faces, um. <laughs> so and I noticed that I kind of pull the same faces when I'm singing, so that's why I don't. I think no, everybody I think pulls faces when they're singing. Well, yeah. I do anyway. I, everyone does. I think you're just express like expressing yourself. You're, you're feeling into the it, music, like, so you're yeah. gonna make a face. I don't look. <laughs> Listen, go watch the commitments. Like, <laughs> sacrilege, like absolute sacrilege. Um, right. So, um, I I think I know the answer to this. Are you married? No. No. Are you? Um, are you in a relationship? Yes. 
can we divulge <laughs> who the relationship is with? Mm, I don't know. Okay, okay, keeping it keeping it I think it's very obvious if you're yeah, I think, I think, we, I think yeah, I think we do. Everyone knows, but yeah, we we won't mention it here. How does this mystery person feel about you wrestling? He loves it. <laughs> for, ob- that, for obvious he, reasons. Um, at the moment, I go out with Darren Carney and he is probably the most supportive person I've ever met in my life. Again, mm-hmm. another angel in the Irish wrestling scene, and like he's just again provided so much confidence in me to like be a better wrestler. So, yeah, yes, that question. <laughs> um, have you wrestled them before? Yeah, um, a few times I think. Trinity Brawl is one of those, and we have been attacked in mm-hmm. and I also wrestled on my Phoenix as well so yeah a few times <laughs> who's the better wrestler I think we're both equally good in the wrestling scene oh, and we so both like to have confidence in each other <laughs> we have both provided a lot <laughs> <laughs> that was the I was actually expecting that answer as well um <laughs> so obviously these are both wrestlers yes so uh, I usually ask this one way, but because he's a wrestler as well. Um, so while you're in the ring or when you're having a match, how does he feel about you in the ring? Does he be nervous? Does he be worried? Does he be giving you advice before matches? Anything like that? I thought, I think it's just weird because obviously you're like, oh my God, I hope nothing happens to them. But like we're both wrestlers, so we kind mm-hmm. of know what we're getting ourselves into. Because I feel like if like it was the way around and he wasn't a wrestler, he'd probably be like, but yeah. we kind of like we train together like all the time, so we kind of know what we're both capable of. So when we get into the ring, like it's more kind of like confident yeah. in each other, if that kind of makes sense. And is that the same way the other way around? If he's in the ring and you're watching the match, would you feel the same way? The kid has a lot of crazy stuff, though. He does. So like sometimes I'm kind of like, well, like yeah, I have full faith in him that he's able to do everything that he can do. So it's more of like a less of it oh my god I hope nothing goes around because nothing's gonna go wrong like he's so confident and well able to do everything that he does um have you done the Darren Carney kick-up challenge no I can't (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) um did you see Justy's one yeah (laughs) it was like I, I was wincing watching it it was that the noise was excruciating like it's like this fella's gonna have no legs left. <laughs> Fair play to him though on hardwood. Is it? I don't know. At least Darren did it on a bit of carpet. Maybe Darren needs to do it on some hardwood. Show how many. <laughs> <he actually is. laughs> um. So the next one that I have is: Do you have any kids? And again, I think I already know the answer to that. Um, no, because we all know Sasha Martina is my mother, so like. She has too many kids as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, in the wrestling world, then, um, who would you say would be your best friends in wrestling? Who who do you always bounce off? Over the last year, I've like made so many new friends. Like in wrestling, like I feel like I'm friends with everyone in wrestling. But I find like lately, like a lot of the more than hype lads, like like I feel like I can go to them about anything. Like especially LJ Cleary. Like, I would consider him my trainer over the last year because, like, I've trained under him a lot. I've got to tag team with him a lot. Like, we have, like, we're the first intergender tag team champions in Ireland. Like, we got to do that together. Like, it's amazing. Like, and especially as, like, my trainer over the last year, I've learned so much from him. And obviously, Darren and Nathan's amazing as well. Like, I've traveled with them a lot. It's, like, going up and down the country. Like, I consider myself closest to them at the moment. 
That's cool. Well, let, let's talk about that for a second, actually. Um, you mentioned the um, the intergender tag team champions um, for NLW. Yes. Um, now, I went to my first NLW show, which was the last one. Um, uh. and, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get I to see. I had a golf ball on my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was from the night before. So what, what happened in that match? I remember, I think I spoke to you at the show about this as well. Um, uh. <laughs> I don't like. I don't even want to tell you what I was on because it's so dumb. But look, I'm happy and healthy now. <laughs> if anyone can figure out what it was on, I'm sorry if you can figure out what it was on because it was so dumb. But it was at the very start of the match, and like the people in the match didn't even notice what happened. Like, and I was just like, and there's a moment you can see me crawl over the fox, and I'm like, um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I got through it completely fine, and then, like, I got checked and stuff, I was fine. I just, like, took a week off just to be safe, because mm-hmm. anything to do with head injuries, like, do not play around with, like, I'm telling you this now, do not play around with head injuries. If you end up in the hospital and they tell you that you don't have a head injury, just take it that you do. Take a week, take two weeks, because... Especially in wrestling, like we are throwing ourselves at the ground for fun. So just, and you only have one body, like you've one brain and you've won everything. So just don't take it for granted. Like treat your body like a temple. Like I'm not gonna get all yoga and like meditation and all this kind of stuff. But like, look after yourself. Did so, um, Did Joe say anything to you after the match about that? He like, loved Joe, it. Joe's had his own his own concerns with with more so the head injuries as well in the past, like. He preaches what like I'm preaching, and obviously yeah. a lot of my stuff comes from Joe because mm-hmm. he is my primary trainer. Like, and I look up to him in the wrestling business. Like, he is very like, look after your head, look after your body. Like, and of course, like he was like, oh yeah, take time off. Like, this that the other like, and just listen to people when they tell you take time off. Like, that's another thing. Like, people in wrestling need to understand that like, look after your body. You've only one. And especially if you wrestle like a lot more like athletically than I would, because I don't do anything too crazy. Like, like just look after yourself. That's all that I'd like to say. And if you have to miss a show, you have to miss a show. As heartbreaking as it was, because I that NLW show was the first show in my whole career that I had to pull out of. Like up until then, I never pulled out of a show. Like if I was sick, which is probably the wrong thing to do now that like we're in a pandemic. Like now that I've thought about it all, like if you're sick, don't wrestle other people. If you're injured, do not wrestle other people. Like this is advice that a lot of people kind of need to listen to. Yeah, if anyone else is watching this or listening to this, check out me show with um with Frankie, where Frankie actually discussed this in length because Frankie actually did suffer with a few concussions in the past and took a very bad bump and how that affected him afterwards. We went through a lot of that. So if you want to delve into that a bit more, go back and listen to Frankie's and also listen to uh, to Joe on Tony Kelly's podcast because Joe delves yeah. into that a bit as well. Yeah. Um. I nearly cried during that show. That was totally emotional. Um, but yeah, that match, do you remember that match? Did, did the bump knock it out of you or were you okay? I remember the match. It, mm-hmm. was, it wasn't too bad. I, it yeah. looked worse. It looked it very bad on the day, yeah. Like, there was a moment where like, I look out to the crowd and someone just goes, holy shit. And I didn't even know there was that on my head. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, what's, like, what's the matter here? And that, oh... <laughs> I'm fine though like I'm completely fine like it's all healed like there's nothing there anymore so it's nothing to worry about it was just an inconvenience at the point <laughs> what did you um what did you think about the pop at the end 
<sighs> like I was expecting something like and again it was my first time wrestling in that venue and I was like the crowd might not know me they might just know my face but I think they knew me I think they knew me <laughs> And the pop was immense. That was a real pop-heavy show as well because, like, yeah. everything, everything for the uh, for Scrapper was set up in that show. Yeah, but, everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably my favorite show outside of the stadium, and um, it was amazing. But like that pop at the end that you got for winning was phenomenal. <laughs> and then we thought that Martina was going to turn heel on you, and she didn't. <laughs> um, thankfully. Um, she wouldn't turn her child. She can't I turn was kind, away like that. Yeah, I was kind of coursing it a little bit because I was kind of like, I didn't want to see it, but then I was kind of thinking back and I was like, if she did, that, that would have been pretty cool. Like that, that set up a lot of good stuff. Um, but no, that was a huge pop. And then we actually got two pops in that match because we got the next pop straight after that match. Um, yeah. Did, did that take away at all for you I'm just asking from your perspective obviously you got your pop and you got your moment but obviously you have to get out of there then to set up the, the next part which is CT coming out for Debbie so no it took nothing away like in my in my opinion maybe I'm a bit oblivious but I had my moment and yeah. like my moment was going to come at the National Stadium so how long do I kind of need to relish in that yeah. kind of thing and that CT moment is one of my favorite moments in wrestling full stop so I don't think it took anything away from me if anything I added to it like so yeah. much good came out of that match and I'm really really proud of that match and everything that came out afterwards so it wouldn't affect me at all the only thing it was missing was a Martina Hale turn <laughs> <laughs> so um I just want to ask you then about your future so where do you see Amy Alonzi going? So if you can break it down into kind of a short term and a long term. So in the next, in the short term, so when we get back to wrestling, and then the next year or two after that, where do you see Amy Alonzi? My answer to that question is, I don't know. Like, and I could have a plan. I could have no plan. Mm-hmm. But wrestling's going to do what it wants. And it's going to turn and twist the way that it wants it. So anything in the whole universe could happen. A goal of mine is to go to Japan like I feel like I'd be kind of cool in Japan like I'd love to go there and I'd love to train there like the training that they do over there is incredible and the whole experience of being able to wrestle over there would be like incredible so that's one thing that I like is it a goal you want to say a goal like if I have the opportunity to go yes I would love to go and then anything else that comes with it who knows like I'm just I'm ready and willing to do anything that wrestling throws at me so I think that the long-term goal then would be the exact same answer then. Yes, whatever. Anything that comes at me, I'm ready to do. <laughs> so obviously you were, um, this is something that I just wanted to ask you. You were around when a lot of other Irish wrestlers went over for their big trio. Was it last year? Yeah. Um, uh, the start of last year, yeah. Yeah. Um, where obviously you, you, weren't, you weren't in it that long, but you were there. Were you a bit upset that you didn't get the show? No. And I feel like that answer to that question kind of like makes everyone kind of be like, what? what? Like, why were you not upset? Like, again, like, WWE is the reason I started watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I was not ready for a WWE tryout when that happened. So it didn't break my heart because like, I knew in my head, I was like, I'm not ready. And if I went over there, 
it was going to blow whatever opportunity, opportunity that I was given. So in a way that I'm kind of thankful, because if they come knocking on my door anytime soon, I know mentally and physically and my wrestling abilities, I'm ready. If you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like, in a way, I'm thankful I didn't get it then because I was not, I wasn't ready as a wrestler or as a human being. I was not ready to go. And then obviously, of course, I was like, why am I not there? So I kind of, it was a good kind of kick up the arse for me mm-hmm. to take a step back and be like, why am I not there? And then I sprung into action. So whatever comes knocking at my door over the next year or two, in my mind, like I'm ready to go, if that's a good answer. <laughs> a very, very good answer. Um, so I reached out to a couple of people asking them for some questions that they may have wanted to ask you. Um, so Damien Craig asks, how did you come up with the nickname The Irish Unicorn? There's so much backstory to this. So I wrestled once with that unicorn gear on and I wasn't a big fan of it because I was like, oh, it's too childish. Like, people are going like, to compare it to other gimmicks that are out there nowadays. Like, but then Trinity Brawl, the first one came around and that was the first time I wore that gear. And they told me that I wasn't allowed on the show if I didn't wear the unicorn gear because it's money. I was like, okay, I'm going to wear it. And I wore it. And that birthed a new Amy Alonzi, I like to think. Because ever since then, I just went, and yeah. <laughs> so that's where the Irish unicorn came, came from. And then I was over in Glasgow, and I was like, hmm, I need people to know that I'm Irish. I'm the Irish unicorn. <laughs> Fair answer. Um, <laughs> so uh, Tommy Flynn asks, is there someone that you haven't faced um, in Irish wrestling that you'd like to face? Anyone that you have your sights on? I have a million answers to this question, and I'm going to try and narrow it down. I really want to wrestle LJ Cleary on like an OTT show. Um, I think like I'd learn so much from be, actually being able to be one-on-one with him. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one that's like, hopefully in the future when shows start to come back up again, I really want to wrestle like Fabio um, from Fight Factory for mm-hmm. his championship. Again, that kid like he's amazing for like how little he's done in wrestling and like amazing and i'd love to wrestle him when things come back to normal yeah i've never i've never been to a fight factory show um live but i have actually seen loads of them and fabio is phenomenal and um, amazing like he's like would we say he's like the scotty davis of fight factory maybe i don't know um, he's, he's younger like because obviously that there's, there's justin who's like 15 16 yeah like like I wish I was that good when I was that age. <laughs> like these kids are amazing now. It's so inspiring to see, though. Like, cause it's gonna be a completely new business. Mm. Like in two or three years' time, like they're gonna be at the top. Yeah, I think that mentality as well is, and you're even included in this bracket. Um, like you're saying that these kids, like you're still young yourself. Um, <laughs> like don't be selling yourself short, short here. Um, but like, yeah, like that mentality is ridiculous. Justin put up a video there last week and I was watching and I was like this fell what age is he 15 16 yeah I was like he's talking like he's 40 I was I saying, think, like, where, we're in where, a different w- business now in my opinion like everything's so positive and everyone's mm-hmm. so supportive of each other so when these like the younger generation of wrestlers are coming up like so much more of a positive 
influence on them and they're so much more supportive of everyone and I think that's for the new generation in general like a lot of the kids they're just so accepting of everything like I know I'm saying kid as in like I'm not a kid but like the difference between me and like the new generation is still five years like because yeah. I'm 20 now like I'm like the other generation think I'm old I don't think I'm old <laughs> like I'm 20 but even if you know where I'm coming from I'm not I'm not a teenager anymore yeah and it's, it's amazing to see that they're so much more accepting absolutely um, so Declan Bourne asks, uh, who came up with the toasty idea in First Females and would you ever bring toasty over to OTT? <laughs> uh, so it wasn't my idea. I will ha- hold my hand up and say that. It was Emily Hayden's idea. Mm-hmm. So she did a stipulation match in First Females where like, she jammed the other girl's hand into a toaster. And that bird the toasty because of, like, apparently it went wild on Twitter. Like, the toaster wasn't even plugged in. Well, she has turned this toaster into basically a human being and I'm in love with the toaster. So we are great friends. Me and Toasty. We are trying to take Toasty away from Emily. So you're in a love triangle. <laughs> it's, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you just you spoke there about um, the fight in LJ. Yeah. Um, do you think that, um, sorry, do you think that that would actually be a big possibility? Maybe not even an OTT, but maybe in Five Factory or NLW. I think my, I'd, I'd look at NLW maybe, it would be the perfect place for that. It falling out over the tag belts and then into a feud. But I, I don't know, that's just me speculating. Who knows? But... I don't know. I hope we don't fall out over the tag belts. I think we're a great team. <laughs> <laughs> and LW is like a different realm of Irish wrestling. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like they are completely different shows as well. Um, but with Fabio, then um, he is the Irish junior heavyweight yeah, champion, yeah. and you want to get into a ring with him. Do you want to yeah. get into a ring with him to fight him for the Irish junior heavyweight championship? Is that Absolutely. something that you have your sights on? Yes, and I think I'm really lucky because I've actually like got to do a lot of intergender in Fight Factory which is not mm-hmm. something that I think a lot of people look at my gimmick and they're kind of like intergender and I'm kind of like yes because I got to wrestle Sammy D on one of the shows and then I've I was in that Irish Junior Heavyweight Championship scramble as well and I was doing a girl in that match yeah. and was, like I've done a lot of intergender in my time especially in NLW like a complete family friendly show and I'm the first intergender champion and I've wrestled like lads it's amazing like I I always like see like a lot of the younger like little girls come up to me and they're always like, "Oh my God, you kicked his arse!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did. You can do it too. We are all the same. You can kick anybody's ass. You tell them, little Stacy, like it's amazing." <laughs> oh, do you uh, do you prefer intergender wrestling to strictly women's wrestling? I love it all. Like I, th- you take something different from every different yeah. match. Like you learn so much from no matter who you're in the ring with. Like I just think again, like you wrestle a bit differently but like uh, you learn something from every match that you have and I genuinely have no preference yeah I'd, I'd, I'd love to see um, I'd love to see you and Darren in an OTT ring <laughs> um, see how the relationship holds up <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah so that's that's pretty much everything that I have to ask you for now um, so what I do at the end of every show and what I will be doing at the end of every show is ask my 22 quick fire questions, random number. 22? Yeah, random oh, number. Oh, no. <laughs> um, now, I do, I, 
like a lot of them are very straightforward. So I do. Okay. I do say that these are quick fire, but if you want to expand on anything, you can. That's perfectly fine. Um, I'm not pushed for time, so you can talk as much as you want about this. So we'll just fire away. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to preface. I'm really bad at quick fire questions. So any of my questions, I apologize for. <laughs> okay, so question one. Who is your favorite wrestler? Becky Lynch. Easy. Um, <laughs> So, do you have a favorite wrestling team song? Sami Zayn's one is amazing. It's class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> better than yours? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what's your favorite match that you have been involved in? Oh, it changes every day, but I think Trinity Brawl, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, you the do have one, so many good ones. Involved. Yeah, you do have so <laughs> many good ones. And I think that's one that's always going to change depending on what you're thinking about or what way you're looking about. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favourite Irish match that you haven't been involved in? Be Cool versus Orange Cassidy. Amazing. Um, do you have a favourite match outside of, out, of, outside of Irish wrestling? Like, would you look at something on a bigger stage? that you'd kind of look at and say, that's one of my favourite matches ever? Oh, there's too many. I can't pinpoint something. I'm awful. I'm awful at pinpointing something. That's cool. But Be Cool and Orange Cassidy, that was phenomenal. It's like, amazing. Like, And then Be Cool versus Paddy Morrow as well. Amazing match. Be Cool is amazing. Paddy Morrow is amazing. Put them in the ring together and it's just... Chef's kiss. I don't think uh, comedy wrestling gets the the adulation that they deserve as well. I think a lot of people think that comedy wrestling is strictly odd or comedy. They can't go. It has but, a bad uh, rep, and I don't know why. I, uh, I probably probably Cornet. Oh, I don't understand shooting names. Like. Yeah, no, I, I will, I will. Like Jim, Jim Cornet talking absolute pony. Like he was good for the eighties and nineties, but. Um, yeah. I'm trying my hands up. You don't, you don't have to comment on this. Um, <laughs> well, uh, obviously, we spoke about one of your injuries. Have you had other injuries? Um, like niggling injuries, left, right, like it's nothing serious. Um, no, no major big injuries. I was just going to ask what your worst one was. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just it's stuff that's like. Like that's that's good if you haven't it. had a big injury that's even better I probably but... the golf ball on my head <laughs> the <laughs> alien that decided to grow <laughs> i have to uh I'll, I'll probably do it in the, the video post as well i'll throw a picture up of that golf ball um over this so everyone can see it. um <laughs> so who would you say has the best mic skills in ott Ooh. Like, I feel like I'm being really biased, but Be Cool is amazing. Mm-hmm. Be, be Cool? Be Cool yeah. is the best. His, his name has popped up a couple of times, so you're not the first person to say it. Um, so this this is a bit of a, a thinker as well. And like you could well be included in this. Um, because like I have had more like more veteran type on who have probably been doing it a lot longer. Like, um, but no offence to anybody, so no offence to anybody with this question, but if you had to pick one person, just one, 
who was going to go extremely far in the wrestling business, like the absolute pinnacle, who would be your one person that you would say, that's the person that's going to do it? Oh, I, ooh, I almost start controversy now. I think Valkyrie's doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. So, Valkyrie is my typical so, question. No. Just, just to put it into perspective, do you, <laughs> see, do you think Sorry. Valkyrie could main event at WrestleMania? Okay, that's that's basically what I was looking for. That one person <laughs> who could get to there and who you think will get to there, um, yeah. and like that, there's there's probably like there's fifty a of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, that you could name. Like there, that's why I said there's no offense to anybody. There's loads of people who you could have named there, but um, just one person that kind of stood out to you. Um, so this one, and you've probably named this already. Do you have a guilty pleasure favorite wrestler? Oh, is it guilty pleasure, dog? I love Stardust. Stardust yeah, that's is what amazing. I was going to say. You've already yeah. named it. That, that's definitely that guilty count? pleasure. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed to have guilty pleasure wrestlers anymore. Every wrestler is amazing. That's my stance on it. I love yeah, Stardust. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's just a few that are a bit more taboo. Like, I think, who, who was it? Someone said that, uh, I think it was CT said John Cena. Because oh, the because, like he's yeah, the but it's because star. of the because of the rep that he has, and because it's a bit more taboo as well to say, oh, I'm a John Cena fan, and um, that like there is a bit of criticism there. Now I'm I a think, John Cena fan, but like I'm more open. I don't care. Like who knows? I think that's taboo <laughs> on the internet, maybe because yeah. like all the kids look up to John Cena. He's amazing. Yeah. Like that's the reason he's where he is like he's very inspirational and I, I wouldn't say it's taboo to be a fan of someone who's beloved in the wrestling scene Absolutely. that's my opinion though <laughs> yeah now I, I think the exact same way but that that's why that's where I got the question from it was actually from online and I actually saw a list of people who they they named and like Stardust was there Cena was there Goldust was there there was a few of them like, <laughs> um, but no like who's, who's not a fan of Cody Rhodes like or Cody are we allowed to call him Cody Rhodes? I so do you have do you have any merch? Yes, I have a big cartel page up and oh look at that. Look, look, I don't know which side of the screen it's on, so I'm gonna point point that up. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, so we can find it on Big Cartel. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, Big Cartel, it's at the bottom of the screen there as well. If you're watching on YouTube, it's over there uh, under Amy's picture. It's amyalonzi.bigcartel.com. So, yeah, buy this. <laughs> I actually bought that from my niece um, for a birthday. Um, so that's way too small for me. I won't fit me. But, uh, yeah, that's been held there for a birthday. And we got one of these as well. Um, which is an amazing little touch to the t-shirt that I wasn't expecting. So I'm keeping this because she's not getting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's your plug. Um, so who would you say you have had the best chemistry in the ring with? Is there any one person where Raven everything Creed. clicked? Raven Creed, in my opinion. I've wrestled her in a few places now and I always, always love getting in the ring with her. Like I always learn a lot from her. So, do you prefer to wrestle as a singles or a tag? I love both. Like, I've no preference because obviously, like, I'm a tag team champion, and like, I've done a lot of singles stuff. So. <laughs> You're not giving anything away here, Amy. 
it's just the truth. I'm awful. <laughs> um. So, what are you watching? What TV show is you watching? Film? Oh, anything? Or I didn't mean like watching this screen, looking at. Uh, me it's either. like I'm watching <laughs> Zoom at the minute. <laughs> um, almost finished Black Mirror. Just finished the last episode of Better Call Saul. My favorite TV show, and I'm hoping to restart Doctor Who soon. You're almost finished Black Mirror. Almost. I have one episode left, I think, or two. Yeah, the new series wasn't great. Was that right? I liked it. I started off. I started off going backwards. Backwards. For some oh, that's. Yeah. It's called Netflix. It's stupid. <laughs> it actually brings you to the newest ones and works its way back. Um. Yeah. So you're actually you've watched all of the new no, season. Or and then I started back? watching up again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I copped it at some stage. I think I watched it five and four, and then I started going up again. Do you have a favorite episode? <laughs> Smithereens. Everyone hates it for some reason, but I love oh, Andrew really? Scott. He's amazing as an actor, and he was amazing in that episode. <laughs> I loved it. Even now, like I loved that episode, and then I watched Hang the DJ the other day, and that made me feel like that was an amazing episode. <laughs> um, I think my favorite was like um, was a White Christmas. Oh, that yeah, uh, that I, oh. I thought that was I, phenomenal. It was amazing, but it made me feel like icky. Like a, think, a lot of Black yeah. Mirror makes me feel icky. Yeah, it is. It's one of those shows where you're just kind of <laughs> like, oh, I don't know how this is weird, but it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so this is a one word answer. Okay. Hey, one word to describe Joe Cabret. Legend. Sorry, was that legend? Legend. It's cool. We haven't had legend yet. What have you had? <laughs> um, stubborn. Hmm. Uh, genius. Yes. Um, I can't remember the others. I don't know. Legend. I'm gonna I'm gonna compile a list, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a spreadsheet <laughs> and I'm gonna put everything on it. I, I have to do that soon. I keep saying I'm gonna do it, but I have to put everyone's <laughs> answers onto a spreadsheet so that I can actually look back as we're doing them. But um, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Um, so this is getting into the dressing room then. So the people who you've kind of worked with now, this like I, I kind of wanted to keep it to more the Irish scene because this is what the, the podcast is mainly focused yeah. on. It's reaching out to more Irish people. There's Irish, more Irish people watching this. So, um, so who would you say is the most annoying in the dressing room? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call anybody out. That's mean. I'm gonna no, it's it's mean. not. It's not kind of one. Of, it's not kind of one of like, in it, it like not in a really bad way. Like, um, like so. I'll give you an example of who we had. So we had Martina, because it, she's amazing. And this is the way that's been put across. She's amazing, but if you're not in the humor for her, like, <laughs> can kill you. <laughs> um, I love would, Martina. I love when she comes in and she's so happy because especially if like something goes wrong in the south and she comes in and she's like, oh, I, see, I think that's because the two of you fresh air. I think that's because the two years are in the same headspace. Maybe. <laughs> like we I've seen your um I've seen your videos from first emails when you were travelling to <laughs> Liverpool. Like, yeah. I I think you're the right answer. <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah actually yeah let's go but like but like that in in a good way like um i just i just don't know how you have that battery like i don't know how you can just keep going someone has to be happy on show days that's very oh, true that's the answer to that yeah. one. <laughs> so who would you say has the best ringer 
everyone like now everyone has amazing gear. They do. Is there anyone's gear who you've looked at and you said, "That's class. I'd love that." Paddy and like. Oh, don't say had, this like, yellow Kill thing. Bill. Yeah. No. Kill Bill. It was amazing. I looked at that and I was like, "That's class." Does everyone not like that? I love that. I, I don't I like really it. I've, I've like actually it. I've actually tweeted Paddy like about this. <laughs> I have I have a I bit like of a joke that. with Paddy like um where he was saying I can't remember what he was saying and I was like please don't wear that illuminous yellow monstrosity it's again. Like, but it, when he watched out, you're like Paddy M, that's him. Like oh, absolutely. Out, it's amazing. Whether you love it or hate it, there's yeah. no such thing as bad press, so I I I wanna know for that here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, th- I think it's a monstrosity, but now fair play to him. You can pull it off. I I wouldn't like like he just reminds me of Ali J. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you were traveling and you were staying overnight, who would you say would be the best to room with? Oh, I'm gonna say Debbie Fitel because she is amazing when we travel together. She's like a mother to everybody. <laughs> Katie Harvey as well is like the mother to everybody, but I've traveled a lot with Debbie, so I really like traveling with her. She's so organized, she's so prim, and she's so proper. She has everything organized for everybody. So even if like we hate each other when we're in the ring, she's amazing to travel with. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you just have to hate each other. Well, I don't know. We spoke. I spoke about this with CT. Um, like I don't know if you just have to hate each other anymore. Like, is she? I don't know. Is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? I don't know what she is now. Like, she's Debbie Kaitel. Yeah, what like, she, wants she, to she nearly made she nearly made me cry at that last show. Um, and like, I'm supposed to hate her, but she's amazing. Um, now Debbie is she's phenomenal, and our social media game is on point. Yeah. Um, so, is there anyone who you wouldn't like to room with? Uh, ooh. See, no, I don't think so. I haven't roomed with that many people. Everyone I've roomed with has been fine. I think maybe the more than hype lads because they're so hyper all the time and they would not shut up when I want to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe those guys. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, We had we had another one. Anyone who doesn't or anyone who smokes because they wouldn't have them smoking in the room. Um, oh god, I just meant names. I didn't know you were looking for traits. <laughs> oh no, any anything, whatever again, whatever way you'd, you'd want to answer. Um I think I think we had a who was a Frankie, I think, told me Aiden, because Aiden would just punch it in the throat and wake you while you were asleep or something like and Ooh, like, yeah. Horrendous. That's crackhead energy on Aiden, yeah. <laughs> um so again you've obviously travelled with a few people, even just on the road, maybe to, to Cork or to Belfast or whatever. Um, is there anyone who you who you'd say would have the best taste in music that you've noticed? Darren, Darren Carney. Any examples? Um, like we share a playlist, like we just have the exact same oh, music oh, that's taste. Cute. So. <laughs> um, is there anyone who you'd say has the worst taste in music? Valkyrie, and I'm saying that with venom because her favorite band is Nickelback. I'm with Nickelback. <laughs> Don't get me started. There's your answer. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to have a fall on him. There's nothing worse would be like jamming out, listening to whatever, and then Valkyrie's here. She comes on, puts on some crazy Nickelback song, and we're all like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You have to start the playlist with Rockstar. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's probably one of the best songs ever. That's 
a good song and a photograph is a good song but everything else kind of just... <laughs> is it that it's too heavy i don't know i don't like <laughs> i don't know what it is okay so right go back to the other question then so give me an example of what's on your shared playlist with darren um like i'm the number one i'm not the number one i'm like in the top one percent of Tyler the creative fans on spotify which i'm very proud of um like Oliver Tree, Clara, so maybe I'm a bit more indie. I don't think you can say yeah. that and with it like straight facing that I'm so indie but like that kind of realm of music. Yeah, well I I'm kind of an all around it, like I listen to anything. Um, but like the Arctic Monkeys is my favourite band. So I don't know what you want to take from that. Take no, what you amazing. want. <laughs> yeah, amazing band. Um I'll have to get you to share your playlist with me. Um so who would you say then has the best dress sense? Oh, Fabio, I was at the shows, styling at Five Factory. Like, he has an amazing fashion sense. Um, and who would you say would have the worst dress sense? Aiden, because he, what, like, basically what he wears in the ring is what he wears to shows. Like, he'll show short up, and a whole like, short. Yeah, and he'll wear, like, socks and sandals. Like, if you watch his Instagram stuff, like, that's how he dresses. So, <laughs> no offense, because, like, we're all in a dress whatever way we want to dress. Like, but the socks yeah. and sandals, man. <laughs> um, this is two in a row. Terry Thatcher on the previous show said, Aiden, socks and sandals. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, this one, take whatever way you want. This is the last one, by the way. Uh, take whatever way you want. Who is the longest in the shower? At a show? Yeah. Uh, in general? or um, I don't pay attention to anyone in the shower, so I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> um, if, you, if, you didn't, if you didn't know where that comes from, that comes from a show called Soccer AM. I don't know if you've ever watched it. No. Um, but they, they ask people, um, they ask their, um, a thing called teammates, where there's, they're asking a footballer about their other teammates, and that's always the last question. So who's the last only, The only answer I can give to that question is the fabulous Nikki. And that's only because he uses the women's shower at the contender shows, because he likes that one more. That's the only answer I can give to that question. Um, it's only because he like we leave the locker room and let him take the shower, so that's the only question. Like, I like I don't I don't know. Does, do other people pay attention to people's shower times? Do I have to keep a tally? Or? I don't know. I've I've had some I've had some answers. I've had some. Maybe we're all in Nick different answers. locker rooms. Then go go watch the other shows if you want the answers because I don't feel comfortable repeating some of them. Um, <laughs> no but that's um that's all your quick fire questions um we got through them pretty cool um they weren't as long as you probably expected 22 me random number um i might might have to change a couple of them up because like i think they come across the wrong way um so i might have to reword a few of them trying to cause controversy Getting some <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing wrong with a bit of controversy. I mean, as long as it's lighthearted and fun. But um, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much everything that I have here for today, Amy. The one last thing that I just wanted to ask you is um, if you had a message for any of your fans who may be watching or listening to this that you want to pass on a little message to anybody. Like. Just thank you for any form of support. Like if you tweet me, like. I appreciate it. Like if like even like buying my t shirt, like thank you. 
so 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 much and it's not even the plug like it genuinely means the world to me especially when I'm at an OCC show and there's like so many different t-shirts out there and I see people wearing mine it's like means the world to me like tweets even come up to shows and like saying like hello like it all means the world to me and just thank you for all of the support in the whole world thank you it's amazing um so thank you very much amy for coming on to the show it was an absolute pleasure having you on and um, for anyone watching or listening go follow myself and amy on twitter and instagram amy's at amy alonzi on both i'm at kook underscore pod on both Um again hit up amy alonzi's big cartel amy alonzi if you want no pressure no pressure yeah, no pressure <laughs> to spend money but if you want to buy your gear that's where you can go and get it or at the shows as well um, I'm sure that you'll have some stuff once we get back there. Yeah. And if you are listening to this, um, head over to YouTube, kicking out Kayfabe if you'd like to see the video um, and see all the other videos that I have up. But that's the lot from me. Amy, again, thank you very much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure and I hope to see you in person very soon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Until the next time, everyone. Thanks for listening.